Welcome to the No Fear Podcast of First Presbyterian Church. My name is Bob Fuller, Senior Pastor of First Presbyterian Church in San Antonio, Texas, with your No Fear Word of the Day. Welcome to the No Fear Podcast. This is Bob Fuller, Senior Pastor of First Presbyterian Church in San Antonio, Texas. I'm here with Alex Solorio and Alex Clary. That's right, one Bob, two Alexes, and 30 minutes of theology. We're glad to have you with us today, and we're coming to you in February as we are preparing to begin the church season of Lent. Lent is a season of reflection and repentance in preparation for Easter And as we're gathered here today, we are just going to be talking about that topic. What does it mean to get ready for Easter? Do people even get ready for Easter? Is it something that just rolls around and happens? And whether you're ready for it or not, it's here. So today we're going to be taking up that topic. Lent is an ancient observance and practice of the church, and it is practiced in a lot of different ways. But um, I also want to mention that in 2021... Our church, First Presbyterian Church of San Antonio, has started a celebration, and that celebration is the celebration of our 175th anniversary. That is our 175th year in ministry here in San Antonio, and we'll be talking about that a little bit more in the future, in future podcasts. But in the midst of all the confusion, in the midst of pandemic and politics and everything else, we've got a lot to celebrate not only in this church, but in our lives, blessings to count. We've got so many things to celebrate in our country, even though we need to be on our knees in prayer all the time. And so there is a lot to celebrate, and we are going to affirm boldly, and we are going to affirm enthusiastically that Jesus Christ said in his, uh, excuse me, God said in his word that we are not to fear, to fear not, to have no fear 365 times in his word, and we are going to take that seriously. Lent is a time for us to reflect on how deeply we need Jesus. And, um, and I think that's, that is why we, why we maintain these seasons of the church year, because every, every year, not just every now and then, but every year we need to be brought back to that place where we examine for ourselves why we need Jesus and why our world needs the grace of God and the cross of Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So let's take this opportunity to pivot into our topic for today, which is how is this Lenten season different from last year and years previous? How is 2021's Lent going to be different from 2020? Of course, a lot's happened since last year, global pandemic, uh, presidential election, politics continue. There's all kinds of of personal stuff that's taken place, um, and all of us, you know, are I think are probably coming into this season of Lent this year a little bit more aware or a little bit more reflectively than we were last year. Not to say that Lent is something that we can can or should take casually, but. But a lot's happened in the last year, <laughs> and a lot, a lot is making us. Uh, there's a lot to make us think, and uh, and I just want to think through some of those things with you guys because I love hearing your thoughts on this stuff. 
first of all, you know, one of the things I'd love to know from you all is, is how, you know, how is your Lenten practice? Is this something that you've practiced in depth for a long time? Is it something that to which you are new? I'll, you know, I will say that, that any kind of Lenten observance and reflection for me is an adult thing. We never practiced this as, as Protestants, as kids. This was not part of the Presbyterian tradition when I was growing up. It was something that I think has been sort of reabsorbed into our tradition um, as, as the church became more ecumenical. Um, and so it's something that I've sort of grown up with more as an adult than as uh, a lifelong practice. And so I just wanted to ask about that. But one of the things that is always interesting to me is is that Lent has this association with fasting. And Lent is a fast. It is a, a time of intentional abstinence that is designed to draw our attention away from the things of the world toward Jesus Christ. So we fast from the things of the world to give ourselves more space, more focus on Jesus Christ and his gifts to make us more reliant on his gifts and less dependent on the things of the world. And so it's always kind of interesting and fun to to reflect on the things that people give up for Lent. And so I just wanted to ask you guys, not necessarily what you're giving up for this Lent, maybe you could answer it that way if you want to, but I want to ask you, what is the strangest thing that you've ever heard of somebody giving up for Lent? Yeah, so I do not know this couple's name. If I probably did, best if you didn't use right? it. Anyway. <laughs> um, and if anyone out there is listening who has connections to CIU, please let them know that this all the credit goes to this unnamed couple. Uh, but when I started college at CIU in Columbia, South Carolina, uh, I did not grow up a Christian, so I had no idea what Lent was. I, I didn't even know what Ash Wednesday was. Um, so when I started there. Uh, one of the older students on campus who came to speak to us kind of discussed Lent and what it was about. You know, it's about, it's not just about giving things up. It's about giving something up that when you realize you want it, it would point you to the cross, right? Mm-hmm. It's a level of discomfort to remind you of, hey, I am taking these 40 days to observe something missing from my life so that when I recognize that I'm missing it, I then will think of Jesus. So it's kind of like an object lesson or a symbolic reminder. Well, there was a married couple. Uh, they got married right out of CIU, and they still lived near the campus. Um, for Lent, they gave up all sleeping and lounging furniture. So huh. they <laughs> gave up their bed. They gave up their couches. They gave up their chairs. They gave up their dining room set. And we all laughed. We thought that was crazy. Whatever. You know, that's a little too uh, far. <laughs> the justification behind it was, and I'll never forget this, and it was the... It was the hardest spiritual whiplash I've ever had of finding something amusing and then, oh, wow, that's really profound. Their rationale was, if Christ can hang on the cross for me and experience the excruciating discomfort of a crucifixion, I can spend 40 days in discomfort to get a fraction of the discomfort that my Savior suffered for me. Wow. And so for those 40 days, they slept on the floor. They sat on the floor. They ate on the floor. In some cultures, that's normal. But for a American in you know this century, that is very rare. And they said that they grew in their faith during those 40 days, and they had just the smallest understanding of discomfort that Christ had that they had never mm. had before. Wow. And that's kind of how I... 
you know, I don't consistently give the same thing up every year. There are some years of Lent that I don't give anything up at all. Uh, there's some years of Lent I'll give up a food or a practice, but I always try to frame it as what are things that would remind me of Christ's suffering? Not in a, you know, self-harm way or not in mm-hmm. some way that's contrary to the biblical principles that we follow, but things in my life that aren't a necessity that would cause me discomfort, that would remind me of the suffering and discomfort that Christ experienced. Again, that couple's out there. You blessed me in that testimony all those years ago, but that's powerful. And that was one of the most unique things I've heard, one of the most powerful things I've heard to give something up. Wow. That's really cool. That's, that's That's a neat story. Wait, you mean no pillows, no nothing? I think they slept with like one blanket. One blanket. And that was it. Each or like had the sharing? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. A family of five sharing one blanket. Right. Wow. That's hard. No. But uh, it was uh, – because think of all the comforts we have and yeah. how easily we be reminded – or how easily we can forget and we need reminding of Christ suffered for us in a human body just like we possess. And, wow. Man, that'll, that'll preach. Yeah. I'll preach. Yeah, absolutely. Well, for me, uh, yeah, I, I don't think I've known anybody to give up anything that's necessarily weird. Um, I think uh, I think most of the times people that – and I'll, let me also add this too. I'm actually glad that I don't know what people have mm-hmm. fasted. Let me add that too so the listeners can also hear too because this is not something right. that you come out – and you're like, like, and look, I'm actually going to be posting this, like reposting this on my Facebook page. And I'm, please don't hear me calling y'all out, homies and friends that, that follow me. <laughs> but like a lot of times you see people put it on all their social media and they cannot wait to tell their friends, this is what I'm giving up on. And they want everybody else to know that's not mm. what this is. Again, like fasting and Lent, like that is a personal, mm. intimate intentional investment to draw nearer to the king of kings and the lord of lords and to increase in the faith to which you believe that is rooted in christ and christ alone mm-hmm. this is not to be proclaimed that everybody would know how virtuous you are or how you desire to be perceived as spiritual too is then what does scripture say about that? I can tell you. I've got. I just looked it up. Can, <laughs> ahead, I, can I read it? Okay. It says uh, Matthew chapter six, beginning in verse sixteen. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Come on now. There it is. I want y'all to know right now, as I started speaking, my boy Bob just whipped out his Bible, started whipping, and I was like, I wonder if he's going to turn to the page. You went right to the part that I was just thinking about right now because that's exactly what Scripture tells us to do, right? And I think Western Christendom has taught us otherwise. Like, I need to be perceived as holy. I need to be perceived as spiritual. So, and and let me also add this too, what Clary just shared about that that family that shared that, like, from my understanding that you just explained it, that was an intimate conversation that you had that they shared with you. It's not something that they were going out. Yeah, I think that that, so I didn't hear it directly from them, but I think they purposely didn't share that with others until after Lent. 
Mm. Come on. And mm. it was that exact reason you of see? this is not to make us look holy. This is not to make us look good. That's right. That's right. That's right. Because, again, I'm engaging in removing or something in my life or adding something to my life, whatever the way that may, may look, to draw near to the Lord. So for my response, you're right. I don't have anybody that has given up or taken on something that that is out there. And to some to some respect, I'm grateful for that because I know, thanks be to God, like at my time at Houston Baptist University and my times at the other churches that I got to serve and worship at too, um, there were some phenomenally dynamic people um, that that were given to the Lord. And I'm with you, Alex. There were years that I'd given up something. There were some years that I haven't. And so um, I say all to say is that for this year, for, for Lent, for, like a, as we're reflecting on things that are given up or taken on, like uh, I definitely want to continue to reflect on what our first our first podcast was supposed to be this year, which the the listeners don't know, but the first podcast was supposed to be somewhere to the effect of like what new year, what new year wisdom, correct, Bob? That's right. New year, new wisdom was was going to be the title. Exactly, mm-hmm. new year, new wisdom, and uh, I have here pulled up Proverbs four, um, and because because that's something that I desire to seek, and my new year, new wisdom that I was going to share then is one that I'm going to share now, which is completely echoed by what Clary just shared about the sense of suffering, because I want to understand what did it mean for the early church and for our brothers and sisters in Christ that were that were called to martyrdom, to giving up their lives. Like, what did it mean to truly suffer for the cause of Christ? Not saying that I'm asking for it, because that's something that you need to also be very careful when you ask the Lord, <laughs> right. like, Lord, I want you to send me. Well, you better be careful what you're asking for, because you won't do that. But I, would, I want to be, I, I want to sit in that, silently while hearing and learning from others this wisdom of what did it mean to say i'm giving up everything to follow christ and like even here like looking at wisdom in and of itself uh it says here in proverbs where it says um verse four when you talk to me let your heart hold fast to my words keep my commandments and live get wisdom get insight do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth do not forsake her wisdom and she will keep you, love her, and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. <laughs> yeah. And whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly, and she will exalt you. And she will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow upon you a beautiful crown. Hear, my son, and accept my words, that the years of your life may be many. And again, like earlier on in, in Proverbs, like the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And like for me to to understand suffering and things like that is for me to remove that fear and say, I'm choosing to move forward regardless of the pain, regardless of the circumstance, regardless of the situation. My God is faithful. He saw me through before. He's going to see me through now. And whatever the rest of my story may be, let it be to his will and to his glory and to his praise. You understand what I'm saying? Amen. Yes, absolutely. That's awesome. Well, very good. So so I'm going to share with you my story. This is, again, kind of along the same lines that you guys have shared. This was not something that was shared to me in the moment. It was something I found out from a good friend of mine about something that he had given up in Lent. And uh, and it was just it was fascinating to me because, again, it happened. Uh, it was while I was in seminary, uh, 
Lent was still a, a pretty new thing to me. Ash Wednesday, all that kind of thing was still pretty new. Um, but this guy, he gave up something that I never considered. And it's always interesting how people react when I bring this up. But he gave up for Lent. He gave up driving. Mm. And what was fascinating about that is a lot of times when I tell people that, they say, well, what good was that? All he did was just inconvenience other people. And when I asked Dave about it, because that was my first reaction, I was like, why would you give up driving? And his reason for giving it up was specifically so that he would have to learn dependence on other people. Mm. He just he realized that he, you know, if he if he had his car, he could always be independent. He could he could go where he wanted, when he wanted, he could take care of himself, all that kind of thing. But when he gave up his car for that 40 days, he had to start asking people for things. He had to start asking them for rides. He had to start building his schedule around other people's schedules. He had to ask them things knowing that it might inconvenience them. And yet what he discovered was that it gave them an opportunity to give and help him. So so it really hit on a lot of profound levels. It, it was about humility for him. It was about learning to ask. So he said, I, I learned a lot about prayer. I'm a lot more willing to ask for things if I'm not always thinking, oh, I can get that for myself. I shouldn't bother to ask anybody about it. And he also realized that sometimes um, sometimes you just have to let other people give to you so that they can enjoy the gift of giving. And not in a kind of a, I want to amass stuff for myself sort of way, but in a in a way that releases our our total autonomy because autonomy and God's authority don't always go together but it, it does it in such a way that you actually learn dependence which is the first step of really surrendering your life to God and so he said that was just something that that was very important he says it was very uncomfortable but in the spirit of what you were saying Clary learning that discomfort was part of the discipline of of understanding some of the suffering of Christ on the cross. Um, and, and that was very, very important for him. That's the whole point of Lent, right, is to be reminded of our brokenness, be reminded of our sinfulness. And it probably wasn't until he gave up driving that he realized how little we know about Jesus's suffering because we're so far removed from it, right? We have so many creature comforts. We yeah. have so many things. And so asking that dependence, that's the individual who shared with me about that couple, they said every time they would complain about their body aching, they were reminded what Christ's body went through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every time they woke up in the middle of the night restless, they were reminded of Christ's last night on earth in the garden yeah. where he yeah. couldn't sleep. And it's every time that he asked for help for driving, it was a reflection of, I need to ask the Lord for help and, right. and learning dependence. And that's the true intention of Lent. It's right. not looking good to other people. It's not just being able to cross 40 checks off of a calendar. Mm. It's learning disciplines that make us understand the weight of Good Friday and Easter Sunday. That's good. Matter of fact, all right, because I already spoke, so I'm not going to take too much more time. <laughs> but you just triggered one that I, I just it was in my mind. So someone did share this. Another uh, buddy of mine that, that works in ministry shared me this story. And, again, this is like uh, his friendship with him, so he shared it with him. Um, and so I hope I'm not dishonoring anything, but it, he added. So he mm-hmm. said that every time going back to this, what y'all just talked about, every time he was at a stoplight or saw a red light, he would pray. He mm-hmm. had to pray. So in a moment that 
you think like it's in my way or I'm getting frustrated because I'm not able to go somewhere. He was forced to stop. And in the midst of seeing a stop sign or seeing a red light, he prayed. Mm. So it's just like, again, like this constant need of like, stop what you're doing and acknowledge the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Like, mm. stop. And even in the midst of your frustrating of thinking that your plan is more important, you need to stop and you need to give honor and praise to the King. And he actually, uh, my friend had shared with me that it, it carried on after mm. his the the Lenten season, that he would continue to every time he was at a stoplight and he got frustrated because he caught the light. And all of us know here, when you're in a rush, you don't want <laughs> you're you're invoking God, but you're not praying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just it's just a frustrating moment. He he, it would force him to be like, Lord, we I thank you so much. You know, just you know so. So uh, this that that uh, your your story just spurred on uh, a story that came to back in my head. So I actually did know one. Well, there you go. That's that's a that's a good one too. So well, so let's let's turn to the to the question, which is now like about question eight. It was going to be question one, but we've had some great conversation here. Um, but Claire, let me ask you. I'll ask you to go first. How is this Lenten season going to be different from last year? And I don't just mean in something you decide to give up or something like that, but just just your attitude about it. How's it different this year from last year? Yeah, I appreciated what you said at the beginning of our conversation about going through the motions is too strong of a phrase because I think we all have <laughs> the heart to understand the gravity of Lent. So I would say Lent in 2020, 2019, 2018, I took it seriously, but I think it's a lot more raw this year. I think that this year it's not going to be difficult for me to find things to cry out to the Lord about. Um, I think <laughs> right. this year it won't be as hard to check myself and my posture before God. Um, I'm just constantly reminded of Isaiah one uh, where, you know, the, the, the basis of the opening statement of Isaiah is I don't desire your empty sacrifices. I don't want 40 days of routine. I don't want 40 days of you giving something up, but it not really meaning anything. And so I think for this year, for me, I'm really going to challenge myself of, even if you don't give anything up, are you going to spend these 40 days really intentionally digging into, come Lord Jesus, we need you. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And my prayer is that I would use all of the difficulty and the hurt and the struggle of 2020 to let that spur me on and motivate me to further dependence on God. And so that when Good Friday comes, when uh, Easter Sunday comes, I will be able to look back over these 40 days. I can name the things that I've been struggling through and then that Sunday in April, I can say, Lord, you have conquered all. Mm. And through this Lenten season, you have prepared my heart so that we can celebrate your son's resurrection and second coming. Amen. Oh, that's awesome. Well, that's Solo. Good. Yeah, I think, I think for me, again, uh, it's continuing to uh, – I, I do want to take this Lenten season seriously myself as well. I'm not saying that – again, echoing something you said, I'm not saying I didn't take the other ones before. But again, like I, I want to be very cautious on not only 
demonstrating for myself, but also encouraging others, of course, as I'm walking with young adults and, and college students, that um, that our posture in the way that we partake of Lent is also crucial. So again, th- this, this Lent season, as you're posturing your heart in a posture of humility and, and, and hope in the cross, um, and it leading up to, again, Easter, again, like as we are going to celebrate the resurrection of our Savior, knowing that he's our true champion, he is our Savior, he is our King, uh, I, I want us to be, I want to be cautious that there not be any selfish ambition, uh, but but rather a constant state of reflection, just like y'all were stating earlier. Like I think, I think there really does need to be uh, a time for reflection for ourselves. Uh, I think I've talked about it before with Bob and with others that like one of my favorite parts of liturgy when I when I serve in traditional is the call to confession, and I think there is going to be a real need for the church. Big C Church to reflect and really look at ourselves and ask ourselves like if if I'm if 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 I'm if I'm acting or engaging in this uh, ecumenical response, um, how am I gonna how am I drawing nearer or drawing closer to the King? Uh, how am I continuing to say it's not? what I think is right, but it's what scripture is calling me to be. Um, and how do I continue to remove my own silos, my own walls, my own things that I think like, if I, if I do these things, then the Lord is going to do this because we did that. No, no, no. Like you need to take your hands off the driver's seat. Like you need to take your hands off the driver steering wheel, get out of the driver's seat. You need to take a seat back and you just really need I really want to be someone for myself to say, like, Lord, your will, your way, always. Your will, your way, always. And to hold loosely the plans that I might think for myself. Well, oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, as I'm looking at this year and I'm looking at this Lent, this is so, so different for me this year as it is for everybody. Um, Because as I think about it, I mean, yes, there are things that, I am going to, you know, give up for Lent. But in the spirit of what we were talking about earlier, I'm not going to talk about those broadly. I may mention them after the fact. But um, what what hits me this year is not so much what am I going to give up for Lent, but what have we lost this year? Mm. And what what has been, in, in some ways, stripped from us? Um you know, some people would say, you know, because of the pandemic, you know, our just the, the ability to be together has been stripped from us. You know, the, I hear this from people all the time who still haven't come back to church personally because of concerns of a variety of depth that they just miss being with people. And, you know, just the, the fact that our old routines are stripped from us, the old ways of doing things have just been stripped from us. Even things, even attitudes that we used to have. I mean, this time last year, I felt like, Okay, America's in great shape. We were getting ready to head down to the Big Bend with the with the youth group for um, for spring break and all that kind of thing, and things were looking good. I mean, you know, not everything in this country wasn't perfect by any means, but you think about what's happened in the last ten months and how much has been stripped away about our perceptions. A lot of those things are idols, like mm-hmm. you guys mentioned earlier. But how much has been stripped from us, and and it has made me think about 
the fact that that Jesus Christ was was not just crucified, but he was stripped at the cross. I mean, he he was hanging there naked, um, totally exposed. And there, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of that feeling this year that we are exposed. And even one of the things that I think has been stripped from a lot of people, and I would include myself in this, is kind of a, a sense of trust in our institutions and uh, you know, in communities at times, in families and relationships. I mean, there's, there is a lot of that because, you know, we think about community strife and we think about the things that have happened this year, but, you know, you can even look in a lot of families and see, you know, that, that proverbial house divided by politics or by just attitudes about the virus or something like that. And there's a, there's a lot that's been stripped from us. And, you know, the temptation can be to to be stripped and to feel those ashes on your head uh, starting Ash Wednesday and to sit there in sat, sackcloth and ashes and and just pronounce loudly, woe is me, to just sit there in despair, to be there in that sackcloth and ashes and just hold a, a very grave pity party for oneself. And so the thing that kind of hit me, again, and the reason I was able to find that passage so easily, Alex, I, I'd like you to think that I just really can recall a passage like that and flip to it in a half a second. But yeah, you did a backflip while you did it. It was, it was, was yeah, I mean, awesome. I mean, I'll admit that was awesome. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Um, anyway, I'm pretty impressed with myself. Uh, no, but but uh, but the thing that I'd been thinking about this and what kind of grabbed me was verse 16. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, where they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. And I've thought about it. It's like, what if the fast is imposed from the outside? Do I still trust God? Do I still trust him? Do I still believe that he is holding me in the grip of his of His grace? And can I still smile and be positive through this? With everything that has been stripped away, do I still trust him? Like the good Reformed theologian you are, you don't get to choose what your fast is. <laughs> you don't choose your Lent. God that's, chose for you. That's right. That this, you know, the, <laughs> that's right. This this podcast has been sponsored by the Westminster Confession of Faith. Um, <laughs> no, that's right. I mean, and and I do, I, I do. <laughs> I mean, I I really do wonder. It's like, you know, is my faith strong enough to endure? You know, the those deprivations that. You know, that that everybody is suffering, or am I a fair weather follower of Jesus Christ? Mm. I mean, I think one of the things that that Lent does is it prepares us. I hope to to not be fair weather followers of Jesus Christ. So in some ways, Lent could be understood in my mind as kind of a a scrimmage for tribulation. Um, although the way we do it, it's like you know, I, I, you know, as I've been teaching Revelation lately. The tribulations are much greater than well. I'm not going to eat chocolate for a little over a month. I mean, they're real. But, but does Lent prepare us not just for the tribulation in the sense of the return of Christ, but does it prepare us for the tribulation that Christ Christ suffered on the cross, the discomfort of the cross, the discomfort of living without our idols? Wow. I mean, that's that's part of what's sort of driving me. As well, and and another thing that I think is different is is that this year, and, and this is not necessarily a related point, although I'm sure on a on a big picture it is. Another thing that's really grabbed me is that is that 
as I drive into work every day, just like you guys, we're driving right past a homeless camp beneath uh, beneath I-35, I-37. Anyway, it's right there at the intersection of all these uh, interstates. And there's, so there's a homeless camp right there, um, just blocks away from the church. And you know, just a, a week ago, the city came in and performed an abatement and of course, that it cleaned uh, the city cleaned out the camp. Folks are back. I think ultimately, it was a good thing <laughs> that they did that because it was a bad a bad situation. But it just made me think about those folks who who are not fasting. They're hungry because they got nothing, and they're suffering because they got nothing. And while there are resources available, and we are you know our church is really. Uh, really pouring a lot into that situation. These are people who are suffering in ways that that I can't even fathom, you know. And and as I approach Lent this year, and I realize the the very minimal amount of suffering that I endure, you know, is God using that to to prick me, to make me uncomfortable, to give me that splangidzami, that holy discomfort, that stomach ache, that that helps me to understand a little bit more of of what Christ suffered for us. Um so that's that's something that's also factoring into my into my Lenten reflection. You know, what's been stripped away from me, but gosh, what's been stripped away from other people too. And in the midst of all that, can I still get on, get on this microphone and say have no fear. Mm. At the end of the day, for me, Lent is about Asking yourself, can you can you go through all of that and still overcome, as right. Revelation says? Still can be, declare. Can you be Job? Can you experience what Job experienced and yeah. still honor or God? Could I be one percent Job? Mm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think I think I, I get encouraged by that. What you just said. And again, reminding myself right now, as I said among y'all, this is this is the No Fear podcast. And to the reader, to the listeners, and to myself right now, I should not be afraid of making a radical decision in private through intimacy with the Lord Jesus Christ, being convicted by the Holy Spirit to act out in faith to say, this is what I'm giving up, knowing that it's something that I lean on heavily, right? That it is important to me that I, I continue to run to this thing and I choose to remove it from my midst so that I can just see the Lord a little bit better. Yeah. And I think that is a mark of a mature Christian. And I think it should be a challenge for us to ask ourselves, like, what am I willing to truly give up to say, I'm going to choose to reflect on the Lord Jesus Christ in these days? That's good. Thanks for joining us today here on the No Fear Podcast. My name is Bob Fuller, Senior Pastor of First Presbyterian Church of San Antonio, Texas, here with Alex Solorio and Alex Clary. That's right, one Bob, two Alexes, and 30 minutes of theology. During this crisis, take heart. The Lord is real. God loves you. He has the power to make a difference in your life. He has a plan and purpose for you. He has a position for you on His team and a place for you at His table. Thank you.